Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your Hello, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. Happy Friday, my friend. Yes, happy Friday. It's your favorite day of the week. I love Fridays. I love Fridays because we're heading towards Sunday. If you are going to be in the Tampa area this Sunday, we would love to meet you. Come on out and worship with us at Livingston. All the information you need is at christiansmeethere.org. Second reason I love Fridays, at least on Text Talk, I love it because we're talking about Jesus. We're finding him all over the Psalms. Psalm 37 is no exception. No exception. I see him. I think you see him. Let's read the last segment of this Psalm. I'm going to read from the New Century Version. I'm going to start in verse 32. The wicked watch for good people. They want to kill them. The Lord will not take away his protection. He will not judge good people guilty. Wait for the Lord's help and follow him. He will honor you and give you the land, and you'll see the wicked people sent away. I saw a wicked and cruel man. He looked strong like a healthy tree in good soil, but he died and was gone. I looked for him, but he couldn't be found. Think of the innocent person. Watch the honest one. The man who has peace will have children to live after him. But sinners will be destroyed. In the end, the wicked will die. The Lord saves good people. He is their strong city in times of trouble. The Lord helps them and saves them. He saves them from the wicked because they trust in him for protection. So one of the first places I see Jesus here, towards the end of your reading, Mm. in verse 39, but the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He's their strength in the time of trouble. And ultimately, I have to appreciate that the salvation is from the Lord Mm -hmm. and that his way is through Jesus Christ. And we don't have a greater time of trouble than an ultimate judgment when we must stand before a holy God and know that it is through Christ and the forgiveness found in him that we will be brought to the blessing of the Lord. Thinking of this through the psalm, and, and especially from the perspective of the psalmist, one of the things that I think we've hit on multiple times in our conversations this week is kind of like delayed gratification. And yeah, well it, said. In the moment, it doesn't seem like it's going God's way, but mm-hmm. in the end, it will. From the psalmist standpoint, the, the true salvation that comes from the Lord was actually centuries away. Yeah, that's right. They, they were hoping for this Lord and not fully understanding all of God's plan, how this would come about. So when you and I read the psalm, we actually have some understanding that as they were writing it and reading it and worshiping with it, they didn't get. Yeah. When, when when you and I read verse 39, we're, we know when that gratification came, it was yes. delayed for them, but for us yes. it's already happened. And we can anchor our entire look at this psalm through the fact that that verse has now been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Yeah. I can, I can, when David is writing this, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of really up in the air, but, but when we're reading it, the number one thing that demonstrates that God is with us has already happened. I mean, we read from Romans in an earlier conversation uh, regarding the whole issue about how we will not be taken away from the Lord. I can delight in him. I have him. He, he's my desire. And no matter what else happens to me, I've got him. And that's all predicated on he sent his son. If he would give his son for me, how will he not graciously give me everything I need? 
there's these moments when it doesn't look like it's happening, but it is going to happen. So that's that's pretty powerful. Pretty One of powerful. the things we talked about earlier this week was about delight and delighting in the Lord. We were talking about your second favorite verse in the Bible, <laughs> but in Psalm 37, verse for delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. That, you know, we were talking about in that episode, well, what, what would feed delight? And we even put that question to the listeners. Mm. You know, what, what, how, how do we grow in our delight for the Lord? But I believe it is, it is Jesus himself and seeing him in the New Testament. It's hard not to delight in him. We talked about how what a great life verse to trust in the Lord and do good. Mm. And yet that is exactly how he is described by Peter as Peter is preaching to the household of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, that he went about doing, doing good. good. <laughs> doing good. You know, he, he has this incredible power and miraculous power, uh, I believe, to substantiate his claim that he is the Christ and the Messiah. He's God's man. So he demonstrates God's power. But how does he demonstrate that power? Not in wicked ways or even in hurtful, harmful ways, maybe with the exception of that poor fig tree, right, that we talked about. Uh, but, but for people, it's healing the lame and multiplying bread and stilling storms to save lives, you know, and, and, and all of this is goodness and wonder. And it invites us in and it entreats us. Come be a part of this Lord. Know this Lord. Delight this Lord in this Lord. And you can have this Lord. As you're describing the contrast between the way he could have acted and the way he did act. Exactly. I find a connection in this psalm because what you're describing is controlled strength. Mm. You're describing the idea that he could have come in judging, yeah. zapping, yeah. punishing, disciplining. When he was on the cross, he could have called the 12 legions of angels who could yeah. have come down and wiped out the Romans, but he didn't. And we have a word for that, mm -hmm. that controlled strength. That word is meekness. Meekness. And so I find Jesus in this psalm. How about you? Of course, in uh, Psalm 37 and verse 11, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Now that calls us to read Matthew 5. The Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, where it begins, Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. He quotes the psalm. He quotes the psalm. He quotes the psalm. And not only does he quote it, but what you just described a moment ago is he was living it. He exemplified meekness, perhaps at no other time more so than the cross, as you mentioned, his ability to call the legions of angels. Absolutely, that he was willing to suffer the taunts and the ridicule of those crucifying him. And he stayed on the cross. He died on the cross to be the Savior uh, that they were taunting him about even that in that moment. I think um, recently you preached a lesson about those taunts. Yeah. As, as yeah. they were telling Jesus, hey, we'll believe in you. We'll believe in you. What was it that you revealed to us about their, what, the standard of proving he was yeah. the Son of God? So the, the test they posed is come down, come down off this cross, and we will believe you. If you're the Savior, save yourself. Come down. If God delights in him, let him save him now. Come down. You come down from this cross, and we will believe that you're the Son of God and the King of Israel. Uh, in Matthew 27, these taunts, these terrible, awful ifs are repeated again and again. And if he would just come down off this cross. I think there's more to that than I have often read. When, when I've read in the past, come down from the cross... It, it was almost limited to remove the nails, come stand on the ground. Mm. 
But when I remember that he's he's on this cross ostensibly as a rebel slave, right? As the person who has supposedly caused agitation and uh, disloyalty and rebellion against the empire, as slaves would often do. I mean, that's how you get yourself on a cross yeah. in uh, most circumstances. Which means coming down from the cross, if all it means is remove the nails and stand on the ground, well, the Romans are just going to get you in and put you back on it. Hmm. So coming down from the cross meant wipe these jokers out. Hmm. And then we'll believe you, you come down from the cross and you take on these Romans who've put you on the cross and you demonstrate yourself as the real king of Israel, not like that fake sign up there, but yeah. as the real king of Israel, yeah. then we'll believe, we'll believe. Yeah. yeah. You know, what's interesting though, uh, is that, um, while he finds himself on a cross and there he is between two criminals, we start reading all the statements people are making surrounding this event and nobody calls him a criminal. <laughs> That's interesting. In That's fact, interesting. even the charge nailed above his head is not slave rebel. Yeah, murderer. It says king of the Jews. Yeah, which from a Roman perspective might demonstrate a, a, an a accusation of rebellion. But over and over again, it's he's innocent. I find no wrong in him. Why should I kill him? Right. Why should I execute him? You know what? Let's put up this Barabbas guy and maybe maybe they'll choose him to to be executed even the thieves on the cross that while matthew tells us for a time they're both taunting him luke shares that as the day draw drags on uh one has a change of heart yeah yeah and all of this reminds me of where i see jesus in this psalm okay in psalm 37 beginning at verse 37 mark the blameless and behold the upright for there is a future for the man of peace the transgressors shall be altogether destroyed. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. Here, here is this one. Mm-hmm. Again, this is another one of those. I'm not saying it's a prophecy. I'm not saying, oh, we're looking for this person. When we see this person, this this psalm is fulfilled. I'm saying that when I watch what's happening to Jesus and I hear these repeated declarations of innocence, the only reason he's even be able to be brought to Pilate is because they brought false witnesses. Mm. They all knew that's what was happening. There's a point at which you have to ask, why didn't anybody say, I'm looking at a fella and I realize he's blameless. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at a fella and I realize he's upright. Maybe I should remember Psalm 37, 37 that says, there's a future for this man of peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he is a man of peace. He is silent before his accusers. He's not lifting up rebellion. And one of his disciples tried to start a rebellion in the garden, and Jesus himself told him to put the sword away and healed mm-hmm. the man whom he mm-hmm. attacked. Mm-hmm. Here is a man of peace. He is upright. He is blameless. blameless. There is a future for him. Even when I'm looking at him on the cross, I should recognize there's a future for that fella. And you brought up the thief. Yeah. I don't know that the thief had in his mind consciously this verse, but what that thief recognized was the principle of this verse. He says to the other thief, hey, why are we taunting him? We're all here. We're all in the same boat. And you and I are here because we're guilty, but this guy's not. And he understood because Jesus was innocent this man has a future. And so he asks him about that future. He asks to be involved in that future. Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. Again, I don't know that he had this verse in his mind, but he had this verse in his mind. 
I think about, we, and we've talked about this in our conversations this week, but in Psalm 37, it talks about for a time the wicked looks like the, the large evergreen tree, and yet in the end it's chaff, it's blown away. Where are they? And when Jesus is on the cross, it sure looks like the forces of evil are going to win, but here we are 2,000 years later, and where is the Roman Empire, and where is the temple in Jerusalem where the chief priests were, and, and all such as that? All of that is gone away, and yet the Lord remains, his church, his kingdom is unending, he has the future. I want to remind you of something that we've said. I, I, I think we need to bring this up again and again and again and again. In Acts chapter 5, mm. when the apostles have been taken, uh, have been arrested, yeah. Gamaliel steps up and says, guys, before we do something foolish with these fellas, we need to remember. You remember You remember Thutis? Thutis rose up. He claimed to be someone special, mm-hmm. but he died, mm-hmm. and and all his followers dissipated. You remember Judas? Judas the Galilean? He rose up. And a bunch of people followed him, but then he died and it all went for nothing. I'll tell you what, these guys, this is me talking, not Not, Gamaliel talking. These guys are wicked sinners. They were rebels. Mm -hmm. They died and they were cut off. Mm -hmm. Here's what's fascinating about Jesus. Jesus died, but he wasn't cut off. His kingdom continues. Mm -hmm. You've got to ask, how does a person go about declaring himself the chosen one of God? How does he go about declaring that he's equal with God, that he is God? And then he dies, and yet his influence continues on because it happened with nobody else. Everybody else who claimed to be that special when they died, it went away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He had a future because I'll tell you what, he was the blameless, upright man of peace who is our Savior. Amen. We were so glad that you joined us for our conversations on Psalm 37. Send us an email. Let us know what you're getting out of the program. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We ask your blessings upon us as this uh, work week ends and we move into the weekend. We pray, Father, that we might be able to be with your people and worship you and exalt you and glorify you. Father, there are many troubling things about this life and situations Help us to learn from this psalm not to fret, but to see Christ, to delight in the Lord and know, Father, that we might have you through Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna, Christ is captain of the mighty throne.